What's up, long players? Welcome back to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, ticks, mosquitoes, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Nate uh, will hopefully be joining us later, but uh, for now, I'm joined by a friend of the pod and close friend of mine, Drew Rudebush. What's going on, Drew? Is this uh, is this an audio medium? Do I have it's, to say nothing? it helps. Yeah, the ma- the majority <laughs> of <laughs> the majority of our viewers are on the audio podcast, so that is uh, it is helpful to include an audio description. I of, was told uh, this to be strictly liquid. Of the action. Yeah. <laughs> There's a liquid element as well. Okay. Uh, hey, Drew, do you want to introduce Tim? I mean, we could do a little round, we could do a little round robin here. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll host your podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, join, what's up, long players? Um, uh, <laughs> We're gonna go deep. <laughs> um, oh man, this is. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, a friend, friend of mine named Tim Shoal Skull. Skull. Yep, all of those. That's I'm like, sure. You, that's I'm. I'm sure uh, you've gotten uh, them all. I thought it was, thought it was Satchel. <laughs> Satchel? We, found, we, we we found him at the Conestoga Mall in Grand Island, Nebraska, one day. Uh, <laughs> he's just kind of we put him in the van, and he's been with us ever since. <laughs> how legends are born. And uh, Tim, do you want to introduce Travis? Absolutely. Uh, this is my friend and confidant, uh, Travis Ferguson. Um, and uh yeah he's the man <laughs> i'm not yeah. i can't don't, i can't follow drews i can't not, follow drews it's too good do not blame me for being the man i am not the man i promise you get your foot off my neck travis the last thing i will do is take my foot off your neck tim <laughs> my pronoun we all know we all know the man. safe words we all know the safe words all right <laughs> So uh, tonight we're going to be listening to Tim and Travis's new uh, music with their project Veratus. I got some extra uh, fruit snacks if you guys want some. Yeah, we can hear them. They're yeah. real loud. Would you hand one to me, please? Hand, yeah, it, to you hand it to your right. You didn't set the you didn't set the gate for this threshold. I don't know what it is about your right, please snacks, but they're louder than your voice. Do I need Do I need to? Put a high, put a low pass filter on this. Oh, <laughs> oh man, off Glad the rails. I got that out of the way. In. <laughs> yeah, we knew we knew it was going to be like this coming in. Okay. Um, but yeah, oh, Veratus. So Tim and Travis are in a band called Veratus. We're going to listen to the songs from Veratus's new uh, seven-inch record. It doesn't exist yet. Just so you know. Okay. Can you when will it? Me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can there, hear myself. So there's no monitoring on this platform, which does suck. Perfect. Perfect. I just wanted to know, like, I feel like I may be shouting. I have no idea if I'm shouting. You're tell me. You're doing great. So when will the record exist? Wait. Will the record exist currently? It's just a matter of a release date. Okay. That goes, yeah. 
we got to pick the right show, right venue, all that kind of stuff. You know how it goes. Um, promoting it, letting it go out uh, so that people will actually be like, oh, hey, there's a thing that's happening. Um, yeah, that's all this. We're, that's where we're at right now. We just wanted to be safe and sound. A lot of people will set a release date and they don't have a product. So we wanted to have it uh, at our disposal before we did anything about it. Yeah. Smart, yeah, with all the vinyl like delays and backups at the plants and different things. So people people will be hearing this as early as July nineteenth. Um, and we'll, we'll link. The, well, you're gonna hear it tonight, um, but it doesn't officially. Uh, we haven't even set a release date yet, officially. Uh, mm-hmm. We are probably looking at uh, October right now for an official release date where it will hit uh, any digital platforms or anything like that. Yeah. Right, so people will be hearing the podcast as early as July 19th, mm-hmm. and then we will link to all of the Veratus social media sites and things where yep. you can follow to get the official word when the when the physical release date and show is all set up, and yes, um, you can get all connected with that. But let's rewind mm-hmm. all the way back, Tim, and I want you to uh, do some <laughs> cool sound effects and... and you know, you and I, we've never had a chance to talk about this. So like, what's your start? Live tape reverse. And my mom is an educator, but she does dabble in piano and some other random instruments. And so they kind of were like, well, we need to get this kid in choir. He's loud. He's super loud. So we got to get him in choir. And I went in choir and uh, I think I was in second grade or maybe younger. And uh, and they went around the room and introduced each other. And um, they said, OK, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Tim. And my parents said, I don't have to be here if I don't want to. And I've never left music since, you know, it's, I've been there, been hanging out ever since. Uh, so, you know, and since then, um, got in, played some trombone in high school, picked up guitar lessons from, uh, Jerry Vanderheiden in Aurora, Nebraska. Uh, it's a name drop. Yeah. Jerry Vanderheiden, that guy is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Super epic dude. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then met Drew in Aurora, Nebraska. We started a band called The Family, I think was the name, right? Not Ape Drape. It was fa- you guys Family, were the, right? Were you the first band to be called The Family? I imagine not. Okay. <laughs> I think there I was a. It. I think there was a cult in the nineteen seventies or eighties. It's always a cult. Always a cult. I think it was the, the Charles Manson cult, right? No, anyway. Los Familia. It was also the oh, name of the TV. Right. Is also the name of the TV. Oh, that was the Manson in, family. Uh, <laughs> also the name of the TV in. Uh, I haven't read it, but I think Drew read it because he was in the the advanced classes. Uh, Nineteen eighty four, right? Wasn't it the name of the TV? The family. I I, I it was a what? reference to a sci fi book. Okay. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was nineteen. Anyway, I think it was something more obscure. I digress. You showed me the nineteen eighty five. That's a I did. Oh shit. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Oh, or maybe it was. Uh, anyway, who knows what it was? It was not ape drape. We considered ape drape. Um, 
but you guys started playing together in high school. Yep. Uh, with our friend, Matt Moore was the drummer. Um, he played, shout out to Matt. I hope he listens to this. He loved his fills. He's played a lot of fills. <laughs> uh, and then, in, in, then we went to Lincoln, Nebraska for college. Drew went to UNL and I went to Nebraska Wesleyan. Uh, I kept playing, you know, I, I took some drum lessons for fun and piano lessons for fun there. Uh, and oh, and of course, my mom had records and musical instruments laying around. So I always took piano lessons and dabbled with her, her instruments laying around. And then, of course, she had uh, the Easy Rider soundtrack. Uh, and I remember sitting on the floor, looking through her records and pulling out Easy Rider. And I was like, huh, what's this? Jimi Hendrix, if a six was nine, I put it on and was like, what is this? Holy crap. That's amazing. And so I think that's probably the, the the getting away from my parents. You know, my dad really likes, you know, throwback Irish music and things like that. So I'd never really connected there. But then when I heard Jimi Hendrix, I was like, there's something here for me. Um, and then, of course, Drew introducing me to all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, Fugazi, uh, Talking Heads, uh, Cash. Zepp, I think you helped me dive into Zeppelin more. And then we found a lot of bands together, like Murder City Devils and Botch, which I get to see in October. <laughs> um, uh, a long time. Uh, minus the Bear. Um, gosh, all those bands. Oh, and then, of course, with our buddy Kevin, we'd listen to um, a podcast before it was a podcast, really. Uh, Buddyhead was the name of the group. They had some streaming radio station and we yeah, would get buddy to, had radio everybody had radio we'd get together in my basement and then just they would introduce us to ink and dagger and just all this awesome stuff and make fun of fred durst in all of our favorite ways <laughs> um and then uh yeah in they college, stole his hat. <laughs> that's right they stole his hat that's right um and then uh in college i did glee club for fun i kept the music thing going oh and i was of course i was in musicals i was professor harold hill my senior year which was a terrible performance by all uh, including the band there but um yeah and then then uh, rent money big was an amazing was seven to nine years right drew and two of the country saw both oceans i it wasn't that long a lot happened but it was in a short time and um, just I think we started in 2002 and mm-hmm. we hung it up in 2007. So five years. And then we did a couple yeah. reunion things uh, here and there. Yeah. So that that's, that's you know, that launched a whole bunch of um, musical things for me that really helped a lot. Because then, you know, the shirt that Drew's wearing right now is Irkutsk. I was sort of the band dad of Irkutsk and set up a tour with them. Uh, and that was that was pretty fun because I got to hand everybody $5 at the end of tour where rent money, big tours. Whoops. That's my dog saying hi. Uh, rent money, big tours never ended that way. We ended always ended in debt and knowing our parents a lot of money. Uh, so it was pretty cool to hand everybody in our cooks $5. And that tour was only successful oh, wait, because of all cooks? the ear cuts. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, you you I thought you said, and our cooks. Our cooks yeah, on why, tour. Yeah. That's why we always ran out of chefs. money. You yeah, had, had a private chef. Staff. You had a private chef, exactly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we had to travel with our staff. That's why we never turned a of profit. Of course, gosh, you, you don't you don't not travel with your staff. No, Irkutsk is the name of the band. Uh, if you've ever played Risk, it's a country. Yes, I've uh, heard of that. 
but I yeah. uh, it's a city in Russia. Excited. City in Russia. Yeah. Well, no, it's not in Russia. It's its own province. It's its own state. I thought it was state. a city in Russia. No, I don't think it's in Russia. I think it's Russia its own doesn't exist. country. <laughs> you know, kidding. Anyway, we digress again. We're going to do that a lot. Uh, but I always, I always played music, and then city in to- Russia. It is in Russia. Yeah, city in I Russia. I thought it was a country. That was its own. Co- if you watch Borat, it's its own country. I thought it's the largest city and administrative center of Irkutsk Oblast, Russia. There you go. I well, it's part of Oblast. Russia, was in the band. Is, well, you know, know. A, an annex. This is bad. I did not. Might know we? Okay, let's keep my going. son. Ten, ten I feel my son shares right a now. birthday. My son <laughs> shares a birthday with Vladimir Putin. Oh, that's fantastic. So he's the next Putin in training. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, one in 365 people does. Yeah. Does what? Okay. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, but, Tim, uh, does that does that bring us to the present, roughly? I mean, I know you've done projects yeah, well, since your Kutsk and to, to tie it all up uh, and edit this. Oh, you're not editing this. But so then we moved to Southern Oregon, um, took a break from music a little bit, recorded just from my iPad for about nine years. And got up here to Portland and uh, felt the, the itch and twisted my wife's arm just enough to let her convince me to, to find a couple knuckleheads on Craigslist um, that I really loved. A couple songs that they were playing. I tried out thinking I would not get in because I've, I've played bass for 10 minutes for nine years, maybe once 10 minutes a week for nine years, but not thinking I'd ever play again. Uh, and then met Travis and Shane and... I can't believe I get to play again and uh, play shows again. It's pretty pretty cool. Feel pretty lucky. It is cool, it. and I didn't know. So you're playing bass. I'm playing bass and backup vocals. Just joined in October, so okay. it'll be a year coming this October. Sweet. Right after a nine year break. So, uh, well, uh, the, our, it's it. our first perfect segue of the night, Travis. Same question to you. Do you want to kind of step yes. us through your your life in music? Uh, it's an interesting one. Um. I have always, uh, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, one of my earliest memories is setting up a plywood stage in the back for in the backyard, uh, to play for the girl who lived next door with my best friend. We were like five or six years old. I had a plastic guitar and, and I told him just to like bang on things. So he did. Um, my parents always kind of knew I was going to be a musician. My grandfather was a musician. He uh, actually played uh, clarinet with Benny Goodman in uh, the Benny Goodman band on tour. It's wow. a whole thing. Uh, I So I, I relish that. My father was lucky enough to play drums uh, in a band that got to open for people like Jan and Dean, the Beach Boys, um, Herman's Hermits, uh, um Gosh, uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders, things like that, back in the 60s. And uh, then uh, Vietnam happened and uh, stopped playing music. But uh, yeah, um, I was lucky enough to have a very musical family that was just extremely supportive. And so my dad was one of those people who was like, as long as you actually get a real job and make money, I don't care what you do. <laughs> So he was as far as I was studying and getting good grades, he was he was completely supportive of everything. So was my family. Um, my first band, I think I was probably 15 years old when we really started playing out and doing shows, all that kind of thing. 
that led into opening up for bands like Everclear, the Dandy Warhols. Uh, uh, we, we opened up for, uh, uh, wait, what was it? Uh, God damn. Uh, something 20. I was, I can't remember what the name of the band was, but 20 was in their name. They were really Matchbox. Popular. Matchbox 20. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we opened for Matchbox 20 back in the day. A lot of weird shit, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. We were just a very young, energetic band that kind of got caught up in the stream of things in the late nineties. Uh, we got signed. We went to Europe or recorded an album. Um, it was very much influenced by early sixties, late fifties, but yet, uh, as well as, uh, any kind of like shoegaze and like modern, like, I mean, my bloody Valentine was as big of an influence as were the Everly brothers, if that makes any sense. So, uh, it was an eclectic band, but very much uh, a thing that, uh, got lost in the nineties. Uh, with the end of uh, the music industry with, uh, again, it was Napster and file sharing and all that kind of stuff. They didn't know what to do. Uh, so they threw money at everything and then they collapsed. Um, that was it. Um, after that, kind of did my own thing for a little while. Had a few different projects. I kind of uh, spent a lot of time getting over any kind of fears that I had about performing or writing. Um, I was always kind of like the secondary guy in Marigold, which was the band that I was in. Uh, it was, um, I, I, I mean, I was the, the song, I was a songwriter, but I was a secondary songwriter. Like he was the guy that everybody knew, but I was the other guy and, uh, had to, overcome, the George Harrison, I was the, yes. And I had to overcome that and realize that like, Oh shit, I can do this all on my own. And, uh, had to fight through that, realize that I had a voice of my own, all this kind of stuff. And um, started writing music in all these other bands. I, I did a lot of terrible music, a lot of terrible music for a long time, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, when I moved to Portland uh, in 2004, I started a band with a couple friends. We all started it together, three songwriters. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We did some really great stuff. Uh, it was short-lived, uh, as you will, with so many cooks in the kitchen. Um, but we went our separate ways, and uh, over the years, I, I, I was in a band called Spirit Lake for seven years, which was an Americana band. I mean, we sounded like Kansas. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it was. It was just like, my way with some, just like whatever kind of Americana bullshit. But it was a lot of fun at the same time. But I felt like I was writing songs for the guys in the band. And uh, eventually had a falling out with my drummer. Uh, God rest his soul. He's gone now. But I had a falling out with him and uh, started a new band. Uh, had this idea for Veratus. And uh, that was in 2018. Um, it took this many years to get where we are now to understand what's happening, to have rebuilt the band uh, five times with different drummers, different bass players, trying to teach them songs, get them to where we are. Uh, Tim uh, has been amazing uh, coming in, and just his enthusiasm is stupid. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it makes me super happy and makes me feel like what I'm doing is actually worthwhile, which is fantastic. 
Tim's um, yeah. Tim's an awesome energy guy, and uh, Tim actually a little side story about Tim. So Tim and I haven't made a whole lot of music together, but Tim was incredibly helpful in the early days of Mars Lights in uh, doing some vocal demos for us and like coming up with ideas. And you know, on the first batch of Mars Lights songs, which is uh, my band with Drew, our shared band, um, yeah. but that first batch of songs like a bunch of Tim's ideas and some of his actual vocals are, are in there. And like, so I don't know how Mars lights gets off the ground kind of without Tim's energy behind it. So shout out to Tim. You mean 50 bears in a fight. That's when it's right. Right. He's amused. Tim is amused. I like to think of him as my little musy, musy, Tim, Tim. Perfect. I just give him a little little kisses, give him a little kiss on the cheek. I'm blushing. I love you. You can't see on the podcast. I'm blushing. (laughs) We've, uh, we've talked plenty. I want to let people hear something. So, uh, here we go with the Verata song, Slumber Lords. recording process like um we'd actually started recording with the previous bass player and i had been slowly building up uh outboard and better uh jaw system microphones that kind of a thing over the years uh so we recorded all here in the basement yeah um i did I set all the mics up, I engineered everything, did all the editing. Um, so I've done all of the engineering work on it and recording work on it um, as far as, you know, outside of the actual playing of the music. And then uh, we handed over to Adam Pike for uh, mixing and mastering. He is the... Uh, He's the guy behind, well, he, I don't say behind, but um, he does all of the recording and engineering and mastering for Red Fang. He's also starting to work with help at this point. They've been having him uh, do his stuff now. And, uh, yeah. It's fucking needed, right? It's their whole, whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But the kids, you know, they can't have that out there. Help, I fucking need it. <laughs> I almost want to, like, Tim, uh, there's part of me that almost, I mean, if we don't have a concept album called Son of Cobra, we need to at least change the band name to Son of Cobra. I don't know. <laughs> because Son of Cobra is something I've been kicking around for a while, but recently a friend of mine brought it up. He's like, dude, because he's an old drummer friend of mine. He's like, we got to do Son of Cobra, and it was all about, like, 80s metal dumbness. But yeah. like, they were like, it's not a cover is actually a name that would like that actually would make sense right now. People are like, oh yeah, it's not a cover, they're awesome. Oh. 
We're changing our name on this podcast. This is breaking news. <laughs> well, I think you're laying, you're putting down stakes. So <laughs> here's as long as you use it in a reasonable time frame. I think that Son of Cobra, well, it's been out there. But I think Son of Cobra has a, has a, has a, has a, a concept album. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, like, uh, interweaving themes. Uh, one thing I'll say about this song real quick, this is one of my favorite songs to play. Um, and I think the, the recording does capture the build really well. Uh, and that's something that Travis is really good at, is, is songs that, you know, the, the riff isn't in your face so much that it's like, whoa, riffy dude, but it's like subtle. And then once you're in it, it just sneaks up on you in it you're like up to your eyeballs in the rip before you're like the lobster in the pot that's my favorite part mm. about Veronica's is the, the rip sort of slowly, slowly washes over people. you yeah there it is slowly, slowly. yeah just exactly met, just a little carbon you know a little carbon monoxide in the window while you're sleeping <laughs> <laughs> it's a very son of cobra type move <laughs> <laughs> well we've all seen ricky ticky tabby right so yes, good. we have. Yes, we Jim have. Cummings. Jim Cummings is the voice of uh, such the an snake. amazing. I love that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ricky Tiki Tabby is one of the best ever. There's a video going around on Instagram with Jim Cummings, and that's one of the voices they clipped. It's like, I don't oh, think I you can it. say that word. <laughs> it's after the song, and that would be Can't something you'd have to, you know. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> right. Well, uh, is there anything? else specific we should say about slumber lords or should we just barrel on through to uh wolf creek do you want to talk about the lyrics quick Uh, yeah slumber lords it's really just about how your your real mind catches up with you while you're sleeping what your dreams are so much about your reality that you cannot hide yourself from yourself and when like i mean i i have extremely vivid dreams I don't want to be the idiot that says, I don't sleep, I dream. But I mean, I, when I, when I go to sleep at night, like I wake up in the morning feeling like I have gone through so much and it's, it's a very tactile, very sort of a uh, vivid dreaming that I return to in these very uh, distinct places. And so Silver Lords to me is a, uh, just really not being able to hide from your subconscious. I mean, it's there. It's going to like take from you what you don't expect at all times. It's going to like, uh, be like e- force you to see yourself in ways you don't want to. And it's going to happen all the time. You can't get away from it. They're the slumber Lords. They rule your dreams and they will make you see who you are at all times. That's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, great lyrics. I'm uh, yeah. we're we're careful with like uh comparisons and and stuff. We try to be careful with comparisons and yeah. stuff on the show. But um, listening to it again just now, Slumber Lords, and hearing you describe the lyrics, um, I'm getting Electric Wizard vibes in a really good way. I love Electric okay. Wizard, 
And I hadn't thought about that as a connection point oh, wow. on my okay. first several listens, but all of a sudden, like, oh, I, I'm I'm seeing that kind of I will have to look at that. Yeah, there is definitely an occultish thing to like my lyrics. Uh, everything that I pull from is is ethereal. I I, I like I, I want my lyrics to be uh, other otherworldly. I want my story. What what I what my songs are about are are about now and here, but in an otherworldly perspective. I don't know how yeah, to explain I, it. To, to stack onto that, I would just say as an outsider who loves your lyrics, it's like facing yourself in these sort of adventures, you know, like space exploration or uh, like your Zelda exploring a new world kind of video <laughs> game kind of thing, you know, or, or primordial. You're the one crawling out of the ooze and you're experiencing crawling out is that's kind of i love travis's lyrics because they're very deal with the sins you're you're creating in this crazy world that is wrapping itself around you at any given moment i don't know yeah uh, thank you i appreciate that that makes uh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, motions Motions of gratitude and appreciation are being made for the uh, audio podcast listeners. Drew, <laughs> uh, Drew, any thoughts on um, what we just heard there? It's good. I like it. Yes, that's the end. That's all I have to say. We Thanks. did it. We did it. Drew liked it. <laughs> it's uh, it's real good. Let's have some more. Here's uh, here's Wolf Creek. Travis uh, slipped into the astral plane there. He does that sometimes. One thing I'll say while it's playing, just as far as the tryout process with Veratus, um, I only had heard, you know, I'd been scouring Craigslist for like a month saying I need to do a band, I need I need to find a bowling night for me, you know, one night a week where I can get the music thing kind of filled, right? And I heard this song and Kill a Kong, and I was like, whoa, that's like, if I could be in a band like this, that, that's not even possible, you know? And so... Kind of answering the Craigslist, 
after this is probably my seventh or eighth Greg's list back and forth going like hey I'm not very good at bass but I want to try out is that a right probably won't make it but just like not confident at all and then this this song was definitely the one thing I was like oh you know I can do this I can do this I can I can find my niche in this uh, in this groove so yeah this is this this track has great Tim energy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, uh, and I can tell. I mean, I'm, I've only met Travis here on the call, but like, I can already tell. Like, you two guys, you have some similarities. You have some real differences as humans, but but complement each other in a really good way. And Tim, you know, knowing you a little better, I can see how this is a great musical relationship. Exactly. You said it. That's really careful I hate it. <laughs> no, I kid. It's, it, no, it's fantastic. Um, I want to say this, though. I love the fact that when he stood up for the first practice, he had probably the worst bass I've ever seen and the tiniest little bass amp. I mean, it was just like... <laughs> but, I mean, like, literally, like, something you have for, like, an apartment if you didn't want to, like, annoy your neighbors. Practice, right? Yeah. Yes. And he shows up and he's like, I'm ready for practice. And I'm like, put that back in your car. You got my TJ. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got, I got my TJ face in the other room. I was like, don't worry about it. Everything else <laughs> is downstairs for you. <laughs> Just put it, put it back no. in the car. And it's like, what? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's kind of funny. Well, that's no, 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 no. That's funny. It was right here. Wait, you didn't good. record with that amp? <laughs> we did actually. I recorded all the guitars. You could Both do the Josh Homme trick, probably. <laughs> Wait, so what's the were, Josh Homme yeah. trick? Oh, there was yeah. the whole thing with him and lots of money. The PV, yeah. the PV decade. It's trick. This is the new that crate or whatever that is is going to be the new PV decade. <laughs> going to be the the new uh what was that pedal that everybody loved all of a sudden for no reason the bad monkey the bad monkey yeah it's gonna be the new bad monkey there you go uh lovable pedal prices the prices were not lovable by any means but uh that's some real gear insider baseball um let's uh so let's kind of look forward now with Veratus. And so we know you guys are planning a release show and a release, obviously, of the 7-inch, make it available to people October-ish. What October, happens? 3035, uh, I believe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what happens after that? Look a little farther ahead. What's, what's coming in the next, you know, the next century? Six months uh, or a year for Veratus? Writing um writing writing playing writing and playing um i feel like the most important thing we can do is write songs write songs and record them there's nothing else to do i mean if you're a band that's that's what you do you do that and you go and perform it because if uh, you don't perform it it's like uh you know um i don't know the, the like song sitting. needs show legs yeah <laughs> it's just it's 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 for me, I don't know. It's, it's I just I've had so many problems explaining this to people over my life that do not uh, or have not played or do not play music, which is well, what do you do? It's like, well, I I I'm in a band. It's like, oh yeah, it's a fun hobby. It's like, no, it's 
it's not a hobby. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, do you make any money? At it? No, I spend tons of money doing it. I spend a lot of money doing it. Well, that's a hobby. No, it's not a hobby. <laughs> it is a it is a, a way of living. It's a way of being. It's a way of of waking up in the morning and thinking about like, oh, I got this idea for this beat, or I got this idea for this rhythm. Um, it's just being an artist, and it, like, I, I feel like there's with music, it's such a weird thing that people see it as a hobby so often because the like 0.5% that actually become like famous and get out there and are on like billboards and all this kind of stuff, you know, because of promotion or whatever else, uh, you know, they just think that you can't make music and be a successful person. But I feel with every song that we write, every recording that we do, Every time we move forward, every album that I put out, that's a new success for me. That's another thing that I've done. That's another, to those who climb mountains, that's another mountain that I've climbed. You know, that's another car that I've built for those who build cars or race cars. That's, that's another novel that I've written for writers. That's another uh, program that I've like, it, like created for those who need a, a new way of communicating. You know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't make any goddamn money at it, but you know what? Part that doesn't matter because I'm going to do it for the rest of my life and nobody can stop me. You can, I mean, I'll, I'll sneak into a room and still do it if you're not looking. Yeah, I could not have said it better. And I think a friend of mine, Marty, uh, once said like, you know, you have a spoon that's full every day and you give your give a little bit of that spoon to work to the employee that's annoying at work to the person you like at work. You still have to turn it on. And then at the end of the day, you you have an empty spoon and the music for me and writing that that perfect song or at least perfect enough song fills that spoon up. Uh, and I think, you know, meeting Meeting both of these uh, amazing nerd gear. By the way, Shane, let's talk about Shane for a second. Let's talk about Shane. Shane is amazing. I love this man. Uh, he is drummer. He's a drummer, he's drummer for Maradis. Drummer yeah. Maradis, yes. Um, I've known Shane since 1995. I met him uh, way back when he was, when we were all just like young, just terrible, just horrible people who loved to drink a lot and do really dumb things constantly. We were wonderful I, I, to us. Um, but yeah, I met Shane. He was always like the nicest guy. I've never like seen Shane, like not be the guy that you want to hang out with. Um, and in the bands that he was in, I always loved the guy. And then boom, I moved to, uh, or he moved out of, of Eugene, whatever he did, and uh, I didn't see him for years. And out of nowhere, one day on Facebook, he posted something saying, Hey, I've got a bunch of drum kits, and I've got a little bit of recording stuff. And if you need any drum tracks, let me know. I can do some recording for you. So I said, Hey, Shane, let's just be in a band. <laughs> and he said, Yes. And he has said yes every single day since then. I mean, like in a positive, like, like three exclamations. Yes. Like when he walks in the room, he's like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh my God. Are you guys ready to play some music? Yeah, let's do it. 
The answer is yes. What's the question? That, yeah. That's him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's him every single time. And uh, his positivity has, uh, I mean, beyond that, I mean, he is an amazing drummer. Uh, he has come up with so many <laughs> incredibly great uh, beats and rhythms and uh, things for what we're doing that uh, I, as you know, I don't ask him questions. I just let him do what he does. And uh, I love it. Yeah. Shane is fantastic. Um, Good call. Yeah, Good call. for sure. I love the man. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Shane. Shout out to Shane. Uh, Drew, any final thoughts on uh, Veratis here? It's good. I like it. I love the man. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, listeners, uh, we're going to let you go for this week. Uh, connect with Baratis on social media, all the links in the description, and uh, look for that announcement in October about the availability of the 7-inch. Um, we're going to keep hanging out, uh, record another little episode for you that you will hear next week. But until then, it's been a long play listening party. Later, everybody. There it is. There it is. It's- oh, there it is. Breaking news. Good at, job, guys. At Veratis, at Veratis PDX and Insta. Thank you.